following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Thank you to turning your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. The verse has been rumbling around in my spirit for a couple of weeks, and uh, maybe somehow we'll tie it into scent, but if it doesn't fit the theme, we will uh, start a new one. So, um, Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, beginning at verse 27. And actually what I'm preaching is in part what took place this morning at the altar. And I just want us to see it's a principle in God. And it's good for us to understand it. Isaiah prophesying and he says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my just claim is is passed over by my God. It's important for us to understand that Isaiah is not speaking to Jacob. Jacob's dead and been dead for roughly 1,300 years. He's speaking to the children of Israel, and the children of Israel are basically saying, where is God? Can anyone relate? Where is God in the midst of this? Where is God? We see over and over again in the Psalms, the writer, whether David or others, would write, and they said, where are you, God? And there is this awareness, because these people lived with the stories of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and of the awesome things that God did, and yet they're in a season where not a lot is happening. Can anyone relate? And there can come with us... uh, a sense of, okay, where's God? Where's the God of our forefathers? Where's the God of the great moves of God? Where's the God of revival? You might remember when Elisha got the mantle that fell as Elijah was taken up. He grabs the mantle and he goes to the waters and he smites the waters with the mantle and he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the reality is that the waters parted and he found that the same God that was with him, uh, that was with Elijah. But there can be this feeling and there can be disappointment. There can be weariness in our walk. It's really one I want to talk about disappointment because the reality we as a people even as a church body have had disappointments. Some of you are new here and don't know all that has gone on, but the reality is we are walking as people with disappointments. I appreciated the song that Dan wrote because it addresses the realities of life. It addresses the realities of things that go on. But in the midst of it all, we can know a God who works all things together for good. Whether we understand it with our head or not, we can trust it with our heart. Nothing is wasted. We can sometimes feel like God went on vacation. 
But the reality is that he hasn't. And the reality is that he is where he's always been. Many of you know, not all of you, but many of you know we just celebrated or marked the five-year anniversary of my wife Marcy's passing. And we could ask the question for many others over over the years that are no longer with us, and we could say, where was God in the midst of all that? Where was God? But I can testify to you, I know where he was. He was right there with us. Someone commented to Renee and I just a couple of days ago how amazed she was at the joy that we as a family walked in during that time, basically four and a half years, but especially toward the end. Why? Because God was right there in the thick of it, and nothing was being wasted. We knew that. Marcy knew that. And I know that's true for many other families. And we need to know that God is not caught off guard by the realities of life, whether it's disappointments in what's happened or a longing to have again which once was. Where is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? That's basically what the children of Israel are bemoaning. And then the Lord, through the prophet Isaiah, asks a question. How many of you know when God asks a question, he's not looking for an answer, he's ready to give one? Have you not known, verse 28, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of earth, never faints nor is never weary? His understanding... In other words, his perspective on things is unsearchable. When we're going through it, we need to know that. We need to know, you you know, there's the old, and it can almost seem like a cliche, it can almost seem like uh, flippant, but the reality is Father does know best. He really does. And we need to trust in what he's doing. We need to trust his hand. He's the creator of everything. He does not faint. He does not get weary and his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And young men shall utterly fall. How many of you are really young in this room? (laughs) Some of you are lying. (laughs) But the reality is we can be young in heart, can't we? We can be young on the inside. But even uh, even whether you're young in reality or young by faith, we do grow weary. We do faint. And the Lord has a prescription. The Lord has an answer for these times. Whether it's disappointment with what happened. Or whether it's a longing for that which once was to be again. Whether it's a desire to see 
moves of God that other people saw and we have not yet seen? How many of you have a hunger for revival? Good. God's got an answer. But those who wait on the Lord. (sighs) How many of you know that one of the fruit of the Spirit is patience? And many times our disappointments with God are not only... Uh, in what he does or doesn't do, but it's the speed at which he does it. Come on. Am I talking to the right group? And we get impatient with God. That word wait doesn't mean just mark time. It doesn't mean just check boxes off the calendar. It is a relational word. It actually, it's actually the word kawa, and it, 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 it's got with it a twisting of two to become one. It's used in the thought of braiding two pieces of rope together or two pieces of wire. And the reality is that there is a relationship that we get into while waiting on the Lord. I want to suggest that those of you who came forward this morning and maybe some of you in your seats as well were waiting on the Lord this morning. You were connecting with God. You were believing Him for breakthrough. You were believing Him for an answer. You were believing Him for a change. If not in the situation out there, then your attitude in here. It can always, always be uh, both an internal thing and an external thing. But His answer is to put our confidence in Him. Do you know that when we come before Him in worship and we declare with our mouth who He is and what He is, then that which we have declared becomes true in us. That is the reality of waiting on God. There is a divine exchange, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Some... some, some of you, throw, me, throw out a divine exchange to me. What are some things that we give God and He gives us the opposite in return? Name some things. Pain. Say that again. Pain. Pain? Pain. There you go. Divine exchange. Our pain, His comfort. Anxiety. anxiety and peace. We give Him our anxiety. He gives us His peace. In fact, He's the Prince of Peace. Someone else. Hope for hopelessness. It's a divine exchange. How do we get that? By, by worshiping Him and glorifying Him and declaring our hope in Him. How many of you ever noticed how many times David, the psalmist, would begin to write down in the dumps? Bummed out. And as he continues to write, all of a sudden he's glorifying how awesome God is. You know what he's doing? He's stepping into the divine exchange. What are some others? Faith for unbelief. unbelief. 
Strength for weakness. We give... Oh, you read the rest of the scripture. We we give him our weakness and we declare his strength. And guess what? His strength becomes ours. Somebody else said something over here. Yes. We give him our fears and he gives us his courage. Yes. We cast our sickness upon him. He gives us our healing. Do you realize in that case, and really in all these cases, he took that on the cross for us, that we could walk in the healing. Any others? Shame for glory. How about that? Say that again. Yes, loss of love, and He gives you love back. How about we give Him our sin, and He gives us His righteousness? How about we give Him our darkness, and He gives us His light? Yes, we cast off our discouragement and disappointment, and He gives us encouragement. How does that come? Does that just how how what do you do? Sign up and make an appointment and they that wait relationally wait upon the Lord. Confusion for direction. Anyone else? Yes, there you go. The ultimate. We give him our life and he gives us his life. How many of you know you come out pretty good on that deal? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, come on. We, our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. But the reality is there is a divine exchange. That's what took place at the cross. That's the beauty of the person of Jesus Christ. It's a divine exchange. Whatever uh, I had to offer as I just worship him for who he is, that which he is becomes mine. That doesn't mean things are easy. But here's the deal. What it does mean is nothing is wasted. Those things then become a pur- have a purpose. Do you know what will move you and I to wait upon the Lord when we don't have what we want and he knows he's, we know he's the only one that can get it to us. And it isn't always passive. But it is a divine exchange. What you look at you become and when we look at the glory of God and see we see uh, divine exchanges in in the scripture Uh, turn with me we're going to keep your finger here because we're not done here yet but turn with me to 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 the apostle Paul writing 
And he's been writing about the new covenant is way different than the old covenant because you remember Moses had to cover his face so that the children of Israel didn't realize that the glory that he got up on the mountain was fading when he came down off the mountain. So he put a veil over his face so no one would know. So then they'd still listen to him. Silly boy. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding and as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. What same image? The same image that we're beholding. And it goes on to say, from glory to glory. As we come to before the Lord and we focus on Him, and whatever, can I encourage you, as you come to times of worship, whatever it is that you need from the Lord in your life, worship Him as that. Celebrate that in Him. Why? Because that will become yours. That will become planted in you. That's what this scripture is saying and other saying, uh, scriptures as well, including the one in Isaiah. And we are being, as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's that divine exchange. I celebrate in God that awesomeness of what He is, and that awesomeness of what He is comes to me. You're looking at me funny. Do you remember when Jesus, in John chapter 17, he uh, is praying, he's, he's not going to be around much longer, he knows it, he's already told, him, told the team that, even though they don't know what he's talking about for sure. In John 17, which is, the whole book is in red, it's the prayer of Jesus. In fact, I believe that's more the Lord's prayer than our Father which art in heaven, although that prayer is a valid pray, prayer to pray, but... It is the prayer of Jesus. And in there, he says two things. He said, Father, the word you gave me, I have given them. Divine exchange. Brings into relevance everything Renee has been preaching about being sent. About having the assignment that comes from the Lord. We have the same assignment Jesus did. And we have the same message Jesus did. And he, he prays in there, the word that you gave me, I have given them. But then he also says this, the glory, Father, that you have given me, I have given them. Think about that. The glory that God the Father had put upon Jesus, he gave to his disciples. And it's come down through the generations. And you are a recipient of the reality even of what we read in 2 Corinthians. As we behold His glory, we, we become into the same image. You become what you behold. We sang the song earlier and one of the lines was a proclamation, get up out of that grave. Do you know that if you find yourself in a rut, that is just a grave 
with both ends kicked out? I want to encourage us in times of exuberant worship, and it's only going to increase. It's part of what the Lord is using in this, this hour to draw us into a closer place with Him. I want to encourage you to go past your limit of fun, of freedom, and to press the envelope a little bit because there's something He wants you to have of His joy. He wants, there's something He wants us to have of His joy. And it comes in part by celebrating Him and celebrating that in Him. And it releases something within us. And you can say, well, I don't feel like being joyful. I don't feel like praising. Well, then put on the garment of praise. Put it on. Fake it. It's true. It's part of the divine exchange. You put on the garment of praise... And the spirit of heaviness lifts. I know I'm meddling. But I can't help it. Because there's so much the Lord has for us. But a part of it is to go where we've never been before. And to step into a place of seeing God in new and fresh ways. So that we can experience those new and fresh ways. So. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Did you know that you could renew your own strength? Remember when David wrote and he said, Soul, be encouraged in the Lord. Remember when David had come back uh, from an army uh, or, uh, out in a battle and he found that all the wives and children had been stolen by the enemy out of the camp and even David's men are about to turn on him? Scripture says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And there's a place where we can renew our strength. And it isn't our strength, it's His strength. But the reality is, we tap into His strength. And there's a way that we tap into His strength. And it is that we wait upon Him. We draw from Him. Even young men grow weary. Even young men faint. But they that wait upon the Lord, they renew their own strength. How? By tapping into his strength. Remember the one who we said never, is never weary, never slumbers, whose ways are unsearchable? They shall mount up with wings like the eagles. 
you do understand that doesn't mean we can fly. <laughs> right? They shall mount up with wings as the eagles. What is he talking about? He's talking about a spiritual vitality. He's talking about a place, it's metaphorical, but it's talking about a place in the spirit of having a heavenly perspective. Shall mount up with wings. Oh, it's been a long time. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Shall mount up with wings as the eagles. Do you know that eagles find an upward draft? Colleen and I were watching, I don't even remember where we were. We were somewhere where we watched, oh, it was the lake up north. Uh, watching two eagles, and they were, and it was, we were out kayaking, and it was kind of a windy day uh, up at your cabin area, Cannon Carry, and we were watching eagles, and they weren't flapping. They were just catching the drafts, and all of a sudden, Colleen says, Oh, they just went out of sight. And they did. You shall mount up with wings as eagles. And there is a place in the spirit as we're renewed in strength. Because here's the deal. Here's my personal opinion. It does not matter uh, what happens to the natural man if the inward man is not first refreshed and strengthened. If you're here this morning and you're weary, I want you to know that part of the answer to that is a refreshing Deep on the inside. To be renewed with strength. That you mount up with wings with eagles. That you get a new perspective. Even the perspective of the song we sang here today. Is that the first time we've ever sang that? Awesome. Nothing wasted. There's a perspective. But you know, once you see that, then the other words of that song become true. Then you don't fear the mystery. One of the hardest places to live is trying to figure out the why. Instead of just focusing on the who. And God wants to first and foremost lift our sights above all of the stuff. We're going to talk about living on earth in a minute. I know none of you are in heaven yet. I know that. But the reality is heavenly perspective makes the walk and the run on earth a lot easier. But those who wait upon their Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And now we can live on the earth. And they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. I want to encourage you this morning. In, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Many of us in this room can testify to the reality of that song, Nothing Wasted.
And if that's not you, it is our prayer. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for your word to us, whether sung in song, whether preached, or whether the word that you spoke with that still small voice into our spirit. We thank you for the privilege that we have to get from you that which we need by waiting upon you, by drawing from you, by relating to you, by pouring our heart out to you. We ask you to bless each person here, and we do ask you, Father, for a spiritual reality of being renewed, that we could soar with the eagles, that we could run and not be weary, that we could walk and not faint. Father, we ask you for a strengthening. And we know it doesn't come by one word and it doesn't come by one service, but it comes by a, a, a walking with you, waiting with you, drawing near to you. Thank you, Father, for your desire to meet with us, draw us into that place where we meet, we meet with you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.